Your mission, should you choose to accept it, involves recovery of a stolen item designated Chimera. You may select any two team members, but it is essential that the third team member be Naya Nordorf Hall. She is a civilian and a highly capable professional thief. You have 48 hours to recruit Miss Nordorf Hall and meet me in Seville to receive your assignment. As always, should you or any member of your armed force be caught or killed, the Secretary will disavow all knowledge of your actions. And Mr. Hunt, the next time you go on holiday, please be good enough to let us know where you're going. This message will self-destruct in five seconds. If I let you know where I'm going, I won't be on holiday. Everybody, welcome back to an, uh, our continuing retrospective of Mission Impossible. So they are. <laughs> we talked franchises quite a bit lately with, in this in this uh, in this podcast. Uh, obviously, with Raiders of Lost Ark and the Screams would be the two go tos. Those are probably my two favorite franchises. And the reason what makes them the best franchises is because there isn't a bad egg in the group. You might not you might like like one over the other. You might not think that one is as good as I don't know. I, I, People have their favorites. All yes, they all bring something to the table. Uh, even the screams. I wasn't a big fan of the new scream, but it had a lot going for it. It was still fun. It had a smile on my face. You know, it's still a fun little whodunit. And so. There isn't a bad egg in the in the batch. That's what makes a successful franchise to me. Unfortunately, Star Wars went in a different direction. Marvel is starting to go in that direction. You know, um, they overstay their welcome, or they get lazy. Mission Impossible has maintained a pretty solid franchise. Um, it's almost up there with, as one of my favorite franchises, but I can't put it. Up there with the Raiders or the or the Screams, just because of one reason, and we're about to talk about that, and that's Mission Impossible Two. Um, when I saw Mission Impossible Two in the theater, I remember really enjoying it. I think I was more at the I was pointing more starstruck, and I mean sorry, more director struck because I was a I'm a big John Woo fan. Uh, John Woo is. And I think still needs to come back to Hollywood. I know he left because he had a couple of duds, wind talkers and pay, paycheck, two big big duds that hit him, and he kind of walked away. And now he's still he's still you know doing stuff in China. Rumor has he's coming back to the stage, and would like to see him come back because when he when he when he did some he did some amazing cinema. And I think we have movies like John Wick and some of the Bourne stuff because of the films he did in in, in China. Yes. Before he became uh, movies like Hard Boiled and The Killer, two films he did with Chow Yun Fat that are just incredible. Apparently, he was really influenced by him as well. Yeah, yeah, I agreed. And then you know, or the Better Tomorrow. I think it's a trilogy of films, but they're just wonderful, wonderful um, choreographed 
action films. Well, you can see that in this. And, no. At the finale, well, in the finale, you can't. No. Nah, okay. So, we'll get to it. <laughs> but Chow Yun-Fat went on to do, uh, he was introduced to us with uh, Hard Target, Von Damme's film. Uh, we're going to be doing that one soon. It's actually a really cool film. It just came on 4K. I like that one. And, of course, we know him from Face Off, which is a fucking classic. And Broken Arrow, which is a fun one. John Travolta and Kristen Slater. I heard and they're making a sequel to Face Off. They are. They're working on it now. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's early stages. You never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But Adam Wigard's taking over for that one. Right. I like so it's Adam not John Wu? No, it's not John Wu. Right. Adam Wingard did um, Independent. You know, the, you're the guest and you're next. Mm-hmm. And then he is uh, he's, he's kind of unfortunately stuck with the Godzilla franchise at the moment. Yeah. But you got John Woo on board, and I was all excited. And I, I when I initially watched the film, I really thought it was fun. Watching it again for the first time in quite a few years, I have to say it's very poorly, poorly made, and it's disappointing um, on all on all aspects of this. And we'll dive we'll dive into it um, as we talk. John Woo's take on the Mission Impossible franchise. It's a weird one for for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, it's different a because I. I can appreciate what they're trying to do. I think at this point in Tom Cruise's career, I don't think he had a lot of say like he does now. Yeah. He pretty much directs the film. But I, I, I think he has some pull, obviously. It's a Tom Cruise production. But it it shows here. Um, they went from they went from a really good spy thriller, which he had Brian De Palma on board. Yeah. They couldn't get him back. I don't know why. Usually if a director doesn't want to come back, it's because they don't like doing sequels. Uh, so I don't know why they didn't. But I do like the idea that they went John Woo and we decided to make it a balls-to-the-wall action blockbuster. Yeah. And I appreciate that. What they're trying to do, I think, is do a different take on the Mission Impossible. Okay, well, we've done this one. We did the spy thriller version. Now let's do the action Well, version. they certainly do that, but it does... I like this film, I have to admit, but uh, okay. one thing that does jar with me is how tonally different it is to the first one. Yeah, and you'll notice with the third, and then we get to the rest, they, they're they all a happy compromise. They're spy thriller action movies. Yeah. <laughs> so they kind of take what works for uh, this one with the you know the motorcycle chases and the overtop action and with the espionage-esque spy thriller storyline that you had in the first one. So they kind of mix that up. I haven't seen a lot of the later ones, but I remember at the time, as we mentioned on the last podcast, I did, I did very much like these first two. Uh, well, let's dive into it and see, uh, you know, why. Now, one of the reasons is proud. We talked about how the last Mission Impossible had uh, Robert Town, David David Kep, and Steve Zellion. Yet, you, you know, we talked about that. Too many cooks in the kitchen. Uh, very talented, Oscar-winning uh, screenwriters. This one's just Robert Town. Yeah. So it kind of hurts it now. It's almost like can we get those other guys back to help? Because and that's not an insult to Robert Town. Because there's no story here. It is one of the weak... It's definitely a weak story. I would like to see the... Um, this film originally clocked in at three and a half hours. And yeah, major cuts yeah. had to be made. Um, apparently, Cruz edited this film 
and locked John Woo out of the editorial process. Uh, according, again, according to what I've read, you know, obviously I wasn't <laughs> there, but um, um, you know, it's definitely plausible at the very least. But uh, I would like to see at one point the full cut of this film, the three and a half hour cut, because I think it would definitely make it a better film. I don't know. I think the the villains are so boring. Doug Ray Scott. Yeah, and God love him. The per bastard was supposed to be Wolverine. And he this movie ran into overshoot, so he couldn't take the role as Wolverine. And that went to Hugh Jackman. So it's like, fuck. But he's a good actor. I like seeing him. And I I do see, you know, and he's done well for himself. Yeah, he's been in a lot of things. Back in the 90s, he was in a film called Twin Town, which was basically the Welsh train spotting. He was in an episode of Doctor Who. Oh, yes, a Matt Smith episode. Oh, dear God. But no, no, um, I've always sort of liked him. But I think what hurts this film as well is there's there's not enough real exposition about him and I would like to have seen more about his relationship with Ethan Hunt and stuff you know his you know his character's um, relationship and why and why he became the sort of you know the turncoat agent and stuff that he that he is maybe that's in there or was originally in there but it was cut out for pacing reasons by Cruz I don't know yeah but yeah, it just seems yeah. a very two dimensional villain with it, very little backstory. Yes, and we needed a backstory um, because it doesn't make any sense why he went rogue. Yeah, Tom Cruise, Douglas Scott, Thaddy Newton, our boy Big Rames is back. Richard Roxborough, who's pretty good, he plays Hugh the henchman. Yes, he says good. Randy Gleason, McCloy, yeah, he plays McCloy. Um, Rad Shabaja plays the Doctor, and obviously the useless and pointless to be in the movie. God love him. I know nothing against him, but why the fuck is Anthony Hopkins in this? <laughs> yeah, it's Swamp just a cameo, basically. It's stupid. And he's also, they should have they should have stuck with Kittredge. Yeah, and to me, Coppins here is just doing a Hannibal Lecter impression. Um, you know, just even the way his character talks and stuff. You know, like being sort of, you know, almost, you know, it's like the psychological warfare with um, Ethan Hunt and stuff. It's pure Hannibal Lecter. It's almost like Hopkins um, was say was told by Cruz, "Look, we'll give you so many million if you come in and do your best Hannibal Lecter impression for a few days." And yeah, would that be okay? And he's a uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you talk about three-hour version. I don't know if I would want to watch it. It's. I think it would be a better film. I don't know. It'll be boring. And this is movie. This movie's boring, and that's the big no-no for Mission Impossible. It really does kick off about the finale. Unfortunately. Oh my! Yeah, the last <laughs> twenty minutes, an hour and a half later. Even, yeah, I mean. Um, you can tell this is where Cruz became stuntman. Yes, because you know he, you know. Good on him. I fucking hate that scene at the beginning where he's um, climbing a mountain. I, I, I hate heights. I have a morbid fear of heights, um, as an adult always have done. I'm watching him doing those jumps and stuff. I know that he did them himself, but he had cables, but they were removed with CGI um, in pre-production. But still, watching that, it just freaks me out. I think it's stupid. Yeah, it is pointless. Um, it doesn't matter. He's he's and he flips and he just looks at the camera. Yeah. I mean, this was just showboating. Yeah. And this, you know, now he's he's matured. Obviously, Tom Cruise. Yes. It's, it's not what he. I mean, the problem with this film, the Ethan Hunt in this film is not the Ethan Hunt we know. I, I totally agree. I was, I was actually going to say that. And this is like a different character Cruise is playing. Yeah, it's it's not a yeah. He's it's Tom Cruise here. The, he's not playing Ethan Hunt. Yeah, the, it's this is all over the place. This was 
maybe too many uh, sh- too many cooks in the kitchen when it comes to editing this. Then maybe that was the problem. Yeah, there, there's now you got you do have two other writers. I should say you had uh, Braga and Moore. These guys are known for writing Star Trek. Mm-hmm. So they got that part right. They got the fantasy science fiction going here. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I don't mind that because it does work, you know, with the masks and stuff in, in the Mission Impossible films. But this is just, it feels like a completely separate entity and franchise from the original. Okay, so let me get the story here. We're introduced to the Doc. Yes. Who's, who injects himself with Chimera. Yes. And he's going to meet Dimitri in the... To fly with him to the United States? Yes. Why is he going to inject himself with the virus in the first place? I presume that he was, um, it was the safest place to put it inside himself. But, uh, so yeah. Because he was going to go give that. He was, he was going to hand it over because it was so dangerous. I, I could be wrong here. But it was so dangerous he was going to hand it over to Dimitri, a.k.a. Ethan Hunt. Um because um, Ethan Hunt was working on the inside, but there's also he was also no, but no, 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 no. Was sell Ethan it to the ever... pharmaceutical companies? Yes, but was Ethan Hunt ever in this, or was Ethan Hunt being? He's playing Dimitri, right? Yes, but is if <laughs> Dimitri we think is Ethan Hunt? Yes, but it's not. It's actually Sean Ambrose. Yes, with a mask on, right? Yeah, but did Ethan Hunt? Ethan Hunt ever know this doc he was never involved in this i know i believe the he whole was time he did know the doc i think i think it's explained no, later no, on no 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 sean ambrose was betraying ethan hunt playing dimitri ah uh, ethan hunt didn't know he was playing ethan hunt as dimitri <laughs> yeah i think it might be true there yeah i think but maybe true might be right there correct uh yes i think um well, listen to this. Because yes, that's right. Because I get mixed up with the, the scene later on, where because he was on holiday. Yeah. Yes. When they come to get him. So basically, he know. Um, it, he yeah, Ambrose was basically playing Dimitri. He was playing Cruz. He's playing Ethan Hunt, pretending to be Dimitri. Yes. Yeah. So it was actually it wasn't really sort of um so Dimitri stroke so, Ethan Hunt. It was yeah, but. That's why I'm confused because the the doc doesn't know that's Ethan Hunt, but he knows him as Dimitri. Yes. So why does why does he have to wear Ethan Hunt's face? Because he's cover because he's covering for himself, so it's not revealed that he's looking Chimera. But, but why Ethan Hunt? Why can it be Joe Schmo? I I don't know. Maybe because Dimitri is a <laughs> well because it makes the plot go forward and it ties in with the story. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> I do like the fact they fucking crashed the plane. Yes. Jesus. It's a good opening. Um, yeah, it's a decent opening. Yeah. I'll give it that. And it plays with so, the opening of the first one, you know, and that, you know, with Cruz ripping off the mask instead, you think it's Cruz, but it's not. It's uh, Doug Ray Scott. Yeah. So, and he doesn't realize he's stealing the briefcase because he feels the briefcase has all the stuff parts he needs. Yes. It has the virus. But what he doesn't realize is that he just killed the man who actually had the virus in him the whole time. Yeah. So that's where Sean Ambrose fucks up. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, we won't get over the whole Tom Cruise hanging off a, a fucking mountain. No, that's just pointless. Here's another one that's a big no-no. I hate it, and I like the composer. Hans Zimmer's score in this is horrible. Yes. And his, also his take on the Mission Impossible theme is pretty bad. Oh, with the rock guitar? Yeah. yeah. What the fuck? It's very 90s, and it's... It, it, 
it hasn't aged well in terms of like music wise you know it's it, it's very of that time let's talk about uh lovely lovely thaddy newton yeah i mean she's uh, stunning um yeah she's a beautiful beautiful girl uh she plays naya and what the fuck this was the stupidest relationship i've ever seen in the film the first sight yeah Oh my there, god! There, there's and one line I particularly hate, and it's just it's just a a stupid line, but it's also um, really awfully delivered by Cruz. It's when they're lying in bed together, and he goes, "God, you're so beautiful," and it's just like, "Oh fuck, what am I watching here?" You know what I mean? Yeah, and he's like rubbing her his hand on her face and shit. Yeah, and and then they're they're fucking almost killing each other in a car chase. Yeah, like knocking each other off uh, cliffs and stuff. You, you know what I and then the slow-mo dancing I'm like oh fuck yeah. me with the Spanish music and, the Spanish guitar and stuff oh dear Jesus and then and then you have it was so bad you know what they're trying to do mm-hmm. they're trying to copy uh, To Catch a Thief yeah well it's also yeah to, to, and then, isn't that isn't that Cary Grant and Grace Kelly yeah if I'm wrong but I'm pretty I mean these guys are not Cary I mean come on well yeah I mean, I mean are you make okay and that is more of a tongue in cheek Heist movie. What what is this then? Yeah, I mean, I I don't. Well, it's don't, basically what? it's to set um up the love triangle, with um they're, they're setting up the love triangle early. Um, of apparently John Woo said something like he wanted to make this more of a human story. So this is obviously the love triangle thing with um Sean Ambrose um and uh, Maya being his ex, and then all of a sudden now she's like hooked up with um Ethan Hunt. So it's really just to yeah. set up the love triangle. They could have done so much better than this. Oh, oh no, I agree. For beers, got drunk and had sex, and they, oh yeah, you're it's hot, the, baby. It's yeah. basically there you go. It's really rushed. Love at first sight. Oh really? And God, you're so beautiful. Well, it's like oh <laughs> fuck off. I'm trying to watch Mission Impossible. I want to see cool stunts and spy shit and all. I'm not. I'm not. I don't want to watch the Notebook or Cocktail. <laughs> Cocktail. You know what I mean? It's just, it just irritates me. And there's a lot of stuff I like about, really like about this film, but this particularly bugs me. Oh, fuck. The notebook. Uh, and it's not Thandie uh, Newton's fault. No, but she's bad in this. Yeah, yeah, she's she's two dimensional. Yeah. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah. Um, and all, we know all these actors can act. Yes. So this has nothing against them. Mm-hmm. It's just their direction they were given or the way the lines were written. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> wow, it, this is bad. <laughs> so it's crazy. Yeah, we talked actually? about, we're never, all we had was when he talks to uh fucking useless, useless, uh, when he talks to, uh, Swanback, uh, Anthony, Anthony Hopkins, yes. all we're told is, okay, now, uh, uh, you need to get her to uh, go fuck him. Yeah, <laughs> and and he's like, oh, what? What? I thought you just needed her because he was a thief. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. They used to date, so you got to get her into bed back with Sean Ambrose. And he's like, oh man, yeah. come on, I love her. <laughs> I met her. I love her so much. Guitar music was playing. Spanish guitar music. <laughs> We're deeply <laughs> in love. You know. <laughs> It's like really, weekly, weekly. Yeah. Oh my God. You can see Tom Cruise's face. Yeah. Fuck off, Tom. You come on, man. You could do better than this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jesus Christ. You know who? You know who? Yeah. You know who's acting is really good in this uh, in certain scenes. Um, Doug Ray oh, Scott. I like him. Yeah. Because actually, he sh- he actually shows emotion when he's hurt. Oh, it's uh, I know what the scene that's the scene I'm referring to. The scene where he's pretending to be Ethan Hunt in front in front of Maya at his house. 
And then he finds you, out that she basically realizes that she doesn't love him and she's betraying him. Their their love story and their sort of relationship is a million times more believable than the one with Cruz. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because of Doug Ray and, Scott, I have to say. And he's very threatening and intimidating. Yes. But, be, but being pleasant at the same time. Yeah. Like he pretty much, I, I, I'll say the wall, she obviously allows it so it's not rape. But when he make, when he makes you put on the dress in front of yes. him, you don't see anything, but you know yeah. they end up sleeping together and she's pretty much in the fetal position yeah. after that. And also the scene so, with the henchman where he cuts his finger off. Yeah, when he says, don't ever question me again. Yeah. Um, and he was his right-hand man. Uh, the best part of that film is that little twist with the finger at the very oh, end. Oh, brilliant. Um, but, yeah, it's just like... like when she when she's being, uh, he goes, okay, I'm gonna put a tracer in you, yeah, and nobody will figure it out. So she's being guided uh, to the patio, and she's oh, Jesus took like forty minutes <laughs> for her to walk from the fucking boat, yeah. to the goddamn uh, fucking cabin, whatever the fuck it is. And he's like, oh baby, I, and then the wind blows the scarf, and he grabs it. Well, that, that's John Woo, his sort of uh, yeah, dare I say, pretentious sort of indulgences. With um, I, I I particularly love the stuff where um with the doves and stuff you know whenever there's going to be a violent scene it's foreshadowed by the doves sort of flying in slow motion and stuff. Yes, he, there's a reason why he puts doves in all of his films. Yes. He did in Face Off too. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a sort of trademark. You no, know, it's a Chinese thing, I think. Right. It's about the soul, right? The spirit, and when someone's taking. The doves represent the soul, or something. Right. I thought it was maybe because you know the way doves represent peace. It was like a sort of ironic sort of thing. The doves are flying oh. away. Peace is flying away. <laughs> I, I kept I kept counting the doves because every time he blew someone's head off, I was seeing is, is that that guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is, is that and then there's that stuff guy? near the end on the beach where the the waves and stuff, and you know, there's the, there oh, are fuck. some of these d- directorial sort of. I like them, but I know they're a bit pretentious and they're a bit sort of cheesy almost. But I I do like them. It makes things a bit more. You know, sort of iconic, almost not iconic, but sort no. of idiosyncratic to John Woo. Not fucking stupid. <laughs> no, though they are stupid, I agree, but I do like them still. Fuck that. Fuck that. Spielberg gives us elaborate sets, elaborate casts. John Williams asking, you know, John <laughs> Williams orchestra composing. Brian De Palma gives us three intense moments in his in each of his films John Woo gives us doves <laughs> when doves cry <laughs> yeah not to say guys I do like John Woo yeah. of course now we're 45 minutes into this and nothing has happened mm-hmm. alright I can't believe you said you like this I like certain aspects so so we're at the horse race oh my god this scene was like I'd rather begin at Root Canal and then we meet we got Gleason okay he plays McCloy. He is the founder. He owns the Biosymmetrics, whatever the yeah, fuck Yeah, the pharmaceutical called. company. Yes. How, how is he going to portray Doc? I don't understand his role in this. He is looking to buy Chimera and the antidote because um, what he plans to unleash Chimera into the public. and yes. then uh, Supply and demand. Then people will need the cure, the antidote. And he will be the only one that has it. So he will make billions selling the antidote. No, I, I don't get it. I'm confused here. Who has the antidote? It was the um, the Russian doctor from the, the start, I believe. 
Okay, so it's in the lab. It's in, it's in the lab. You know the lab that Tom Cruise breaks into. No, that's not the antidote. That is the antidote. No, no, that's Crimea. Yeah, and the antidote as well. Is it? No, no, because that's there's only three. There's only three of those left, I guess, because he can't make that's any right. more. He destroys two of them. So he destroys two of them, and then she injects herself with that's the last right. one. Yeah. Um, the antidote, Ambrose. Who has the antidote? Oh no, I, I Brendan Gleeson. I think then has the an, um, antidote, and he's looking to buy Chimera. Then yes, I think, and I, I could be wrong here, but I think, yeah, Brendan Gleeson has the antidote, but he doesn't have the. But why actual Chimera? No. You need both. No, no, no. But how? No, because the company they break into is his company. Yeah. So why can't he just bring the Chimera and go? Here you go. Hold on a minute. Let me get this straight in my head. Right. <laughs> Right, Sean Ambrose um, has. Does, does Ambrose have the anecdote? The, the anecdote and uh, the antidote. I don't know what he has. He, you know, he has. He has the antidote, so he needed Crimera. That way, he would have had the antidote and Crimera. Yes, you need them both. So, but he fucked up. He fucked up by killing the doc he injected himself. Yes, so he only has the antidote. So he lost. So now he only has the antidote. So he needs to get in bed with McCloy. To get both. To to get both. No, he doesn't. What's he selling, he McCloy? Get, He's selling no, no, the antidote. He needs, no, I got it now. I got it. He, he, can't believe he needs the Crimera. So he needs both. Yes. And he'll hand them both to McCloy. But he wants stock options and 30-something million, whatever yeah. it is. Okay. So McCloy has does did not create Crimea. They have to break into this lab to get it. Yes. Okay, that's where. So McCloy had nothing to do with the antidote or Crimea. That's where I was getting confused. But Ambrose has the antidote. Is that right? A- yes, Ambrose has yes. the antidote, and he needed the other piece, but he didn't realize the doc had it in his blood when he killed yeah. him. Yeah. So they had to, that's why he breaks into the lab along with whenever. That's why Tom yes. Cruise has to break in the lab yes, first so he can get rid of him. Yes. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I because th- it said McCloy worked with the doc. I'm like, why didn't you just take the Crimea? Yeah. I don't. I'm confused. Yeah. Uh, okay. Whatever. Who gives a well, fuck? That, I think that's right. So she gets the disc out of a sh- jacket. So stupid scene. It's a really, really Disney esque. Look. It's quite tense, though. I have to say. No, it's not. No, and that you're, you're thinking because especially whenever she put, she, he catches her putting it back in his pocket, the wrong pocket. Yeah, but that's not that's not tense at all. No, don't get me wrong. Matter of fact, I was rolling. I was like, oh come on. Um, at this, don't, don't get me wrong. It's not if, like the most tense thing I've ever seen in my life. I'll tell you what. Here's the problem. John Woo could do action. Don't no problem. Yeah, not here. But when it comes to this, this is where De Palma yes, yes. would well, handle this perfectly. The music would have been perfect. Yeah. It would have timed it. They would have quick cuts, maybe two screens showing one coming through the other. You know, they would have really of really of put the intensity yeah. of how close he was to her when he was talk when she was talking to Ethan. But they didn't do that. And he knew right away when he grabbed her, Oh, I just got my ticket, love. Blah 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 and whatever. It was just like fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I quite like the hand. This movie sucks. This movie sucks bad for at least an hour and a fucking half. I would. I think it has a brilliant finale. Um, and well, that's pretty much it. <laughs> no, the finale's got. I got some funny moments. The finale. We'll talk about those. Hey, did you? Um, um, hold on here. Let's see if I got it up here. Did you see his his other henchman? The guy really doesn't speak much. Wallace. Yeah. 
That's an actor by, by the name of William Mopfather. Uh-huh. Mop, Mop, I know him to Mop, see. Mop, Mop, Mopfather. He is Tom Cruise's cousin. Yes, yes. Uh, I know him to see. I've seen Tom, him other things. Because Tom Cruise's real name is Tom Cruise Mopfather. Right. Mopfather. I think that's Mopfather. And so he cast him in his. So it's kind of fun. He's a good actor. He's done, he's done a lot of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I've seen he him really good. Yeah. Really, really good, good movie called In the Bedroom. Mm-hmm. He was the, uh, one of the leads in that one. But... Uh, I, 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 before I forget, I just want to throw that out there because uh, he does look like Tom Cruise a little bit too. Yeah. Um, which is kind of fun. Okay, now that we're all confused. <laughs> so they decide to kidnap McCloy, pretend they're giving him the, the put the virus in him. Yes. So he confess everything. Yes. Okay. They do put the virus in him, do they not? And then just give him the no. antidote. No, they don't have the antidote. Only Ambrose has yeah. the antidote. Yes, they, they, they pretend, yeah. If they had the antidote, they would just give, give fucking Natty, Natty through the antidote. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so they find out. He find out pretty much he's out for the money. Blah, blah, blah. Yes. Okay, so there's there's Brendan Gleeson's big cameo. Um, yeah, it's pretty stupid. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, so we're an hour and ten minutes into the film. And this is the break-in scene. This is where the film, okay. It picks up. You, you give me 40 minutes of chases, you might win me over. Okay, so I do like the fact he's got, I do like, this kind of goes back to the original Mission Impossible where you got these little things you have to do to get into, yes. you know, get to point A to point B. And uh, I love the helicopter jump. That was neat. Mm-hmm. Right? Timing it perfectly as Luther is trying to open the uh, the fans or the, the vent. Uh, it was it was fun to watch. I will say some of this orchestrating of Tom Cruise flipping and and <laughs> you know, I was just okay. yeah yeah that's right. I mean that's pretty much John Woo sort of yeah yeah like flash through John the with two style. guns firing and stuff especially in the finale on the motorbike and stuff where he's like basically doing somersaults through the air and stuff and it's martial arts but it's about it becomes a martial arts film you know yeah and you know what I'm gonna go with it because that's we just ta- I just I. I Kind of insult him a bit by saying he doesn't do drama well. Well, this is where he shines. Yes, of course. This is his. This is him. This is John Woo at his best. Um, and you give him a budget, it does show. Yeah. I mean, Face Off is a, a wonderfully, a wonderful film. Um, and it's got the style. Broken Arrow's got the style. He's got his dubs. We should review um, Face Off actually at some point. Yeah, we'll probably get to. We'll probably use a couple of John Woo's. Like I said, I really do enjoy stuff. I just think he's a fish out of water in this film. And I think it's a lot of pressure from Tom Cruise. It sounds like it's a lot of pressure from Paramount, um, you know. And he's he works with Paramount quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of his films were released by Paramount, so it, it's too bad. It's too bad that they couldn't work together to figure out what to cut, what not to t- cut. You're right. The three-hour version would be an interesting watch. Yes, maybe a bit of a slog, um, but it would be interesting. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So after this. I will say this for John Woo, this gunfight in the factory or the biochemist, whatever it yes. is, it's is is pretty piss poor. Apparently, well, um, th- th- it could be down to the cuts because apparently this film was extremely well, not extremely, but apparently it was much more violent than what we get to see. Um, so I would imagine because I mean Woo's films are generally quite violent, especially his earlier yeah. stuff. But uh, yeah. I would imagine that um, the reason that they aren't quite as effective as they should be, um, you know, fight scenes and stuff, is I believe there was cuts made. 
but to tone down the violence. That's almost like what we talked about with Cobra. Yeah. Where they cut away or slow motions or they cut away real quickly mm-hmm. you know, or they'll pause the scene of someone getting killed because the MPAA says, nope, can't have it. I think Tom Cruise so, edited this and um, he didn't really know what he was doing. Uh, in terms yeah, of edit. That, yeah, something's not right here. Yes. I mean, with you, you and I are questioning everything in the film. Yeah. This is not really a Mission Impossible film. Yeah. And I'm not going to blame Robert Town or the other two writers here. I'm not going to blame John Woo either, actually. Maybe it sounds like John Woo had problems. Um, but, you know, it could be both. It could be egos yeah. here. We don't know. Uh, definitely there's a couple of egos going to war here. Well, definitely Cruz uh, at this point in his life. I think there was a lot of ego going on. Yeah, but I still think he was trying to find his niche. I don't think he had the. Yeah. Obviously, he clearly had some say, but now he's you know it's his film now. But, yeah. Um, his franchise, but this was before he did all those string of hits like Minority Report, The Last Samurai, yeah. uh, War of the Worlds. Those didn't come out yet, mm-hmm. so I don't think he was. I mean, he's obviously big and he does have say, but I don't think he had the say he would now. Yeah. So I don't know. I, not only that, now and since those films, he's, he's much more experienced as well. He's mature. He's mature. Yes, for sure. Yes. Um. So he annoys me in this film. Um. And this is the Tom Cruise that I was never really that fond of. Um. You know, he still harks back to that sort of Tom Cruise, who's just a, a bit of a pretty boy and not really an action star. Yes, he does become an action star later in his career. But and you know, the strange thing is, the film before this, he pulls it off. You know, under De Palma, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, it's... It's a completely different Ethan Hunt. This is an MTV Ethan I, Hunt. I don't know who this character is. He's playing Tom Cruise here. This does not feel like the same character at all um, from yeah. the, the Brand De Palma film. Completely, completely agree. Now, even uh, when when uh, uh, Nia, uh, or Nia, whatever her fucking name is, injects herself... Yes. I didn't give one fuck. I didn't. I didn't give one fuck. Yeah, it, it, it should have been a big tense moment. And, yeah, and yes, there's the music and all the score and stuff like trying to make it sort of more effective and stuff. But uh, the problem is the character. You're not that. Um, the viewer is not that emotionally invested and does not like that character enough to yeah, be like, oh, I'm, no, she's going to die. Actually, see by the end, I was just I wanted to see more Tom Cruise doing somersaults through the the uh, mid air on, on a motorbike than it than I give a shit about her story of you know like um you know Dan because of the virus chimera. Yeah, it was. It I was, didn't care yeah, about her character. And then he's got to blow the uh, the wall, and he's going to jump out. Yes. And he goes, "You can't take both of us." It's a it's a it's a well executed scene. He, uh, it's not. No, it's not. It, it, it he, is. Not. And then he fucking jumps out with the parachute. And there's doves. Yeah, yeah. I think there's doves somewhere. <laughs> what the fuck? I think it's a well executed scene. But the problem is, I I'm not emotionally invested in Maya enough. I don't really care about the character. In fact, I just want to see um, action and like you know Tom Cruise like. Being a mad bastard, not not hanging off cliffs, but actually no, uh, flying through the air and doing sort of kung fu kicks that we we'll get later on. And no, but that but you said that. But the problem I'm having here, it's not well executed because we would have been invested with her. We would have we would have really felt for these two in this scene. Also, the whole gunfighting thing was such a mess. They stopped for 20 minutes to have a conversation, <laughs> um, and he's hiding behind a little box. Yeah, I mean, fuck you could off. Have killed him. Yeah. This, yeah, this is this, uh, whatever. So. 
No, it's horribly executed, man. You're, I don't know what you're seeing on this. No, I'd I like, mean, I didn't I like mean the bit where he blows the door up. Not the, not overall that that sequence. Oh, what do you do? Yeah, well, well, I mean, it's 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 effective, but it's not the greatest thing ever, you know. Um, so we come to the big finale here. This is about twenty minutes left. Yeah. Uh, it's okay. He sneaks in. And he takes them all out one by one. It's like Tom Cruise down slow mo and flipping. And okay, I'll go with it. It's John Woo. Yeah, I'm I'm okay. I'll, I'll go with it. It's cheesy as fuck, but I'm I'm in. Mm-hmm. And he goes to this little looks like Luke Skywalker's <laughs> Tatooine house. Yes, yes. Um, and he takes out the henchmen one by one. And him and Hugh, uh, the one guy, the one villain I thought was cool, the one who was the blandest was the best one. Yes. Uh, no, no, that's not fair. Sean Ambrose was pretty... Dugger Scout was pretty good. He did what he had to do. And they're fighting, and it kind of cuts away. So, but then you see, you know, oh, my God, he's got Tom Cruise. Now, when I first saw this, I never thought this was a trick. The masks. But it's it's nicely done. I don't know how you put the mask on. I got my, pa- I got my mask in my pocket. If you think about where it too much, it doesn't make sense. But yeah, where where was the, where was the, where were the masks here? Also, um, you know the the whole thing with the masks as well. Well, the masks even change these people's eyes on them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's like you have to be fitted for it. And how is he going to know? I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to break in here and get Hugh, and I got a Hugh mask. Yeah, you have to completely suspend your um, sort of imagination with the masks thing because you know what I mean. The swap eyes and everything. You know what I mean? They're exact double. But by rights, uh-huh. if I was like, say, I I um like kidnapped you and, and it was me and you instead of Cruz and the henchman um, we would have to have the same eyes and everything you know and same, same bone structure in the face and you know th- there's a lot of stuff you, you, holes you can pick with the whole masks thing but you know what I, I can suspend my imagination because uh, yes, I, I went with it I went with it it's still cool because yes. it's the best scene in the film yeah. where he ends up executing Ethan Hunt and everyone, I remember seeing it going, fuck, because yeah. you kind of forget about the masks. Yes. Because they're probably thinking, well, it can't be the masks, because where would you get them? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't buy these but anyways, in, a, in, a, in a joke shop and turn like these masks, you know? I, I do love when he sees the missing pinky. Yes, brilliant scene. Uh, part of the missing pinky. And then the music kicks in. Yeah. Um, dun, 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 you know, you see that, the, dun, dun. the hench, well, you think it's the henchman that's Ethan Hunt. He rips the mask off as he's running out. Yeah. And then he realizes he's just killed his buddy Hugh. Yes. Um, and then the big car chase scene. Now I do this whole this whole chase scene is pretty much been mirrored in pretty much all of the Mission Impossible. Yeah. There's always a motorcycle, and and, and it just beautifully choreographed. Yeah. This this is John Woo's at his mm-hmm. best. It is you give him a budget and you just just leave him alone, let him do it, and this is what you get. This is yeah. very well choreographed, very well done, fast paced, good time. Yep. Hands down. Can't beat it. By far the best part of the film. And it actually saves the film. Yes. No, it doesn't. It doesn't save it completely, but it saves it from being a complete generic runaround. Well, here's what ruins it. You take me out of it where... Mia comes back? Yes, exactly. Nia has been thrown in the streets of Sydney just to walk around until she dies. And as Tom Cruise is trying to get her the antidote, because he has it now... She's going to jump off a cliff. I wish you'd fucking you hurry up because I'm on the same more <laughs> So Ving Rames has to go get her yeah. the helicopter. And he's like, oh, I know where she is. I got the coordinates with the tracking thing. So they keep cutting away to that. I didn't want to see that. I don't give a yes. fuck. Imagine the fact you kind of ruined it by showing us. 
because if you didn't, you could have saved it. Like like she's on the top of the cliff. You could show that part and then cut. Uh, yeah, That's they it. were trying to and then have this whole chase wrap up the tension. No, and they were trying to basically, but the problem is, like I said before, you don't care about this character, so you actually just want to go back to the crazy stunts. No, what you could have done is what you easily could have done was you just like I was saying before you rudely interrupted me. <laughs> what bullshit? You cut, you cut, you cut her off right when she's about to jump. Big Rams is supposed to go get her. Have this chase. Don't cut away from this chase at all. I don't want to see the fucking dying girl. Yeah. I just want to see some killing and some fucking crashing, right? <laughs> so you, you focus on that. And at the end, when he's all, you know, I'm good, and he saves the day, the helicopter comes up, and there she yeah. is. That's the way they should have done it. Not go back and forth. Yeah. I agree. I don't think you do. No, I do. <laughs> Kieran, you just basically said exactly what I wanted to see. No, but because you're looking at an argument and you like arguing with me, you're trying to twist it. (laughs) No, oh my god, you hateful bastard! I just, I just, I just created a whole new, a whole new Mission Impossible two for you. you. Tom Cruise should have directed, or got you to direct it. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, Tom, 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 shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Yeah. So the big fight scene between them two. Yeah, it was nicely choreographed, but it was kind of anticlimactic. To be honest with you, I think at the end, I think cuts have been made. Yeah, because he falls. And I was like, did he hit his head in the rock? Yeah. Is is he dead? Is that what happened? And then he obviously he's still alive. Well, it goes horror film, you know, with the whole final scar thing, you know, where, he, yeah. where he's not really dead. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and then they end up saving Maya and they end up having a picnic in Sydney. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Fucking Beside the beach. It's, uh, it's, yeah. Cringe. Yeah. Cringe a bit at the end. Yeah. It's, yeah, this is a fucking train wreck. Mm, yes, there are some parts of it I do like again. As yeah, I've yeah, but 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 when you but the franchise we're about to talk about because this is only part two, yeah. you're gonna come back at the end of when we talk about all these films, right? You're then gonna go agree with me and go, okay, two is really no, really I, bad. I, I, I probably well that will probably be the case. Um, compared to um, as we've already discussed, compared to the first one, it feels like a completely different film and a completely different franchise. Uh, if it wasn't for the final act, the final sort of the big finale with all those stunts and stuff and fighting, um, this film would be just a, a bland mess. Yeah, it's it, it it's bland. Period, and I think the action scenes don't save it. Finally, at the end, um, it's just because you've got more wrongs than rights here. You've got horrible score. Oh my god! And you never the the guitar riff for the Mission Impossible. Yeah, I know it sounds silly, shit. guys. It's like it, it. I know it sounds silly, but when you hear that theme song, whether it's the Bond theme, the Indiana Jones theme, when that comes on, yeah. you're like, yeah, it's iconic. It's meant to when be this, iconic. When this comes on, it's like you fuck me. This rolling your eyes. <laughs> so I mean, you, uh, the script. I'm question. I'm like, what? Wait a minute, huh? People complain about the first one. No, no. The the la- first one's a lot more comprehensible than this thing. Um, you've had very bland villains. And it's not to take away from DeGarry Scott. I think he's a great, good actor. Um, and he does pull off some nice, good moments. Especially the bit with but, um, you know, the, the emotions that were talked about with Maya. Um, but that's it. Maya was, oh my God, just dude. And the love interest thing, the whole to catch a thief ripoff. It was, it was yeah. Uh, I think there were a lot of problems with the editing of this film. 
and it going way like a three and a half hour basically cut of it um i think that obviously hurts it and then whether it's been cruise on his own or whoever's edited this it's turned into a bit of well it doesn't feel like a like the original felt which is tightly edited but it's totally works you know so i mean the i mean even ethan hunt says in the film uh just swans back wait a minute what Mm -hmm. I, she's a thief. I thought you wanted me to help her. Oh, she's going to help us steal something. Oh, no, no. Have her go fuck her, her uh, ex-boyfriend. Yeah. And it's like, right there, you missed the boat. I was like, yeah, I thought we were going to have like a cool crime heist. Yeah. Or something, you know? And they're going to set it all up in the first half. And in the second act, they execute it. You know what yes. I mean? Kind of like a better version of Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. You know? But we didn't get that. Mm-hmm. We got a little pickpocket in the fucking horse racing track, whatever to, it was. To be honest, I'd have been happy for Maya um, to be dropped from the film completely, because um, she's just a bit of a hindrance to, and uh, she's just been she's basically just been shoehorned in anyway, just as to you know for the love triangle thing, but also as a love interest for Cruz in it. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, and that could have been an ego thing. But yeah, with our with our boy Cruz. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? He finds error. He finds the error in his ways because he fixes it. Next up, Mission Impossible Three. Yeah. This one goes to in the hands of film director J.J. Abrams, and he kind of puts the pieces together of where this franchise will eventually head. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that soon. Cool. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to this one. This has been an unfortunate one. I, I remember really liking this one. What are you going to do? And you can go ahead and follow us on Citizen Frame underscore podcast. And, of course, um, that's on Instagram, if I didn't say that. And, of course, Facebook. There you go. You got anything you want to add? Um, no, no. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. I have a new collection out this week. Um, Bad Dreams and... Oh, your book's out this week. Why don't you fucking tell me I about like, that, I like idiot. to brag, but yes, it, it's out... Um, oh, get over yourself, princess. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's out this week. Um, uh, available through the word from Amazon. New collection from myself, Horror Collection. Bad Dreams and Reflections. Available through the word from Amazon. And it'll be in certain stores as well. And also the um, Terror Trader, Forbidden Planet International, Belfast and other places and all over the u.s probably too then right i don't know about all over the u.s but in certain sort of um stores and retailers in arizona there you go there you go congratulations again with that thanks gotta be cool um we both know that you got discovered thanks to me bringing you on board yep yep um so i think we should all give my you know give me a personal shout For letting your dream come true. <laughs> Mentoring me like Obi Wan Kenobi, and with me as I don't You're know, welcome Yoda or something. Who knows? <laughs> Wait a minute, this was not the host I was looking yeah. for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, we're out of here, guys. Have a good one, and we'll chat soon. Bye.